All right, I believe we're live and going here. I hope everybody had a blessed day and is it just me or I've I've been cold all day. It's just like I'm kind of overcast. The sun wasn't out, and but anyway, all right. If you're joining us online, we're glad you're with us tonight, and uh, let us know how we can be a blessing. Let us know if we can be praying for you in any way. You'll see on the online feed, bottom right corner, a tab that says prayer request, and please, uh, again, let us know how we pray for you. It's private. It's secured. It only goes to one source, so. Uh, don't have to worry about it being shared or broadcast, but uh, uh, we can be a blessing. Let us know, but we're glad you're with us. I do know uh, Terry, uh, Charlotte Terry, he had to go to the, uh, to the ER this morning. He was struggling, laboring with breathing, and so they've been running tests today on him, and I haven't heard any update as of yet from Charlotte, but uh, they had ruled out uh, COVID and the flu, so... Uh, it's it's uh it's not that at least but for some reason he was short of breath so there's still something to be concerned about and uh but just keep him in prayer and uh again keep my sister in prayer if you would we continue to pray for her and uh she had a tough day today so uh just pray for strength for her and peace so uh for mike and the family and then uh callan this would be charlotte and terry's little grandson uh, just continued, uh, you know, his recovery and what all he's going through health-wise. And uh, is there any other prayer requests we know of? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Lisa Love's daughter had to, had to have emergency surgery. So, uh, yeah, Lloyd and Carolyn str still struggling. And uh, so uh, they're having to make some tough decisions. Who is? Oh, Jeannie's still sick. Yeah, when I talked to her the other day, she did not sound well at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a big one. I could uh, I imagine so. I could appreciate that. Yeah, Louis in Kansas or Nebraska. Yeah, I think they're one in the same. They just don't know it. I think Nebraska, Kansas. <laughs> So, yeah, Louie's up there uh, on the engineering contract so that he gets back safely. Is he supposed to be back for the holidays or anything? As in next year, obviously. That's October. Well, uh... Wow, that would be tough. Okay, that's something to pray about. All right, anybody else? All right, well, let's pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you for tonight, this opportunity to get together. Father, I do know there's folks, as we mentioned, that are still sick and out. And Lord, uh, I know some are with the holidays, uh, work functions and activities after work uh, that have... Uh, Pulled them away, but ask that you be with each and every one of them and uh, strengthen them, protect them. Father, those that are ailing and sick in any way, we ask for your healing hand upon them and uh, work through them. Just strengthen their bodies and 
But Father, uh, just give them peace and uh, and patience uh, through this, uh, you know, through their trials. Lord, uh, be this tonight. I ask that uh, you just anoint your word as we walk through it. Help us to continue to grow in your grace. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. All right. We'll uh, continue on here. We're going to jump forward to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, I'll say a very popular chapter, often labeled and referred to as the Hall of Faith chapter. Uh, we get the many characters that are listed from, you know, Enoch to Noah, Abraham, and Sarah, Moses, so on and so forth that are used and God shows uh, about their character and their strength uh, as they, uh, you know, grew in their grace, as we say. But we're going to talk about living by faith, and we, faith is that Christian word that gets used so much, and, and uh, a lot of times it's an encompassing word, and sometimes unintentionally it's used out of context or it's used uh, with not uh, complete application so to speak, but there's, uh, when we talk about living by faith, we got to understand faith is always drives us to action. It drives us to a response to God's word and God's will. Uh, just to say you have faith is not necessarily true if you're not living in response to God's word, then you don't have faith. Uh, you have wishes, you have hopes, you have prayers. Uh, but God does work not only but God works strongly through our faith, meaning through our obedience, through our, uh, our surrendering to his will and his way in our lives according to his word. God works more powerfully through our lives than normal. God's God, he can do and interact through us as he wants, as he needs. But the scriptures tell us to those that are faithful, those that do respond to his word, we do receive favor and blessings by way of that. So there's great measures by it. But when we learn to trust God with our lives, we need to surrender to God. When we say trust, there again, we're, we're not crossing our spiritual fingers because we prayed to him or we went to church. It means we're surrendering to his way, his will over our will. Or as we say it a lot of times, his word over ours. And in, uh, in both our thoughts and our actions, meaning we learn to think as the Word of God reads, and we learn to act according to, to, uh, you know, to God's Word. And when we do this, here's the thing about it. When we, the more we do that, the more we see the greatness of God. Or what I'm going to say to and refer to, not the bigness of God. And uh, we also see opportunity through our faith. Uh, it's learning to trust him and, and uh, learning to serve him regardless of our circumstances. And this means that it requires us to respond again to obedience. And thus, it requires our surrender. If we're going to be obedient to the word of God, we have to surrender our lives to the will of God, which is laid out in his word. And that's irregardless of our circumstances and how we feel about it or how we think about it. And that's where the spiritual rubber meets the road, so to speak. When we, in spite of our circumstances, can respond to the Word of God appropriately. So here's a question. Who, who growing up, or you may still do, if you're still into all the, uh, the movies, Sam watches them, I can't think of them all, Captain America and all that stuff. Uh, I know there's two, aren't there two different groups of them, of superheroes? There's Mar is it Marvel? 
Marvel and DC. I can't keep them straight. I always don't care. <laughs> I'm more in that category. I mean, I watch some of the movies with Sam. They're, I guess they're entertaining to a degree, but I can't keep up with who's mad at who and who has power over who. But anyway, uh, you, you know, but when you think of that, maybe we grew up, you know, with, a, with our favorite superhero. And uh, that particular character that just kind of got our attention, whether it's as old as Superman or Batman or, you know, like I said, there's so many of them I can't. I think they got some. Is there a guy, an ant or something? An ant man or something? Yeah, ant man. So anyway, but here's the thing. When we think about superheroes or, or the supernatural aspect of a hero as they portray them in movies, they, they have a sense they're, they're, they're heroic because they're bigger in life in a sense. They're not mortal, so to speak, the way you know, the comics are written. But in a lot of ways, our nature, our mental breakup, we're kind of, we're drawn to the supernatural as far as the ability of greatness. It's almost like it's, it's, it's coded into our DNA. Uh, and it really shouldn't be strange to us because we have that imagination that draws us to something greater than us, something powerful, something we can turn to, look to, and hope to. And, of course, we have that supernatural being beyond you know anything else we have it in jesus christ our thing is are we drawn to that do we see the bigness of christ do we see the supernatural aspects of christ and how big he is by the way we know his name's above all names he's a king of kings he's a lord of lords he, you know he is part of creation so when we start thinking about faith and how that applies, that when we apply our faith to what, whatever we're going to apply it to, and hopefully it is to Christ, that we're applying it to a source that's above everything else. It's immeasurable. It's uncomparable. It's without limit. It's without power. So with that in mind, hold that, hold that thought, but change tracks a little bit. Again, when we think of faith, a lot of times then we think of earthly beings humans other humans you know take somebody like billy graham here's a young boy born in what was that charlotte north carolina i think yeah born in charlotte north carolina comes to hear the gospel by a uh, is a young kid and then instantly as if his life is just transformed and he then he begins to grow into what god uses him to be and and, of course, a renowned preacher of the gospel that brought about unbelievable, uh, you know, evangelism to America at, at a desperate time. And that there's a word that draws, that drew, you could say, Billy Graham. It's the same word that draws us, and it is the word faith. It's that faith that drew somebody such as a Billy Graham, such as a C.S. Lewis prior to Billy Graham, a D.L. Moody uh, you know, you can go on and on with the great, you know, the great, you know, preachers uh, uh, that, that turn to Christ by way of this faith that they respond and they surrendered their life in a way that God was able to manifest himself and show himself in such a way that it captivated and motivated and directed and moved their being and their work for Christ and their defense on Christ. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 3 here. He says, Now faith is the substance 
is the word there we get for assurance. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence revealing proof of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. And then verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And so we have right here through in verse 3, we understand that this, that the word of God we know is the most powerful thing in existence. When God spoke everything into existence, all that we are, all that we have, everything around us, the oxygen that fills our lungs, the, the uh, attributes of nature, everything was spoken into existence by God. And so we have this word, and this word is what draws us in our faith. Meaning the more we respond to the same word that, bought, that brought about existence, is the same word that brings about our growth in God that allows us to see and garner more of his bigness in who and what God is. So there's three things I think we have to grasp when it comes to, we were reading here in Hebrews chapter 11, and you read the full context, that we have to, again, grasp. We have to see, with eyes of faith, see the bigness of God. Eyes of faith, see the opportunity in God. And with eyes of faith, see the power of God. So when we're talking about our faith, I think it needs to drive us to see His bigness, the opportunity, and the power in which it works around us and through us. If you uh, let's go on back to the scriptures, and it uh, let's jump down to verse six, a verse we're very familiar with, and quoted quite often. He says, "But without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently what seek Him." So this is what our faith does. Our faith should draw us in. Just like you say, it drew in a Billy Graham, it drew in a D.L. Moody, it drew in any character that we see that embodies the attributes of God in a powerful way in their lives. That God was able to use them, anoint them, empower them. They seize the opportunities that God put before them, and by that, they, they speak to and they acknowledge the bigness of God in and through their lives. And we see individual characters that did that. Modern times... And we see it through the scriptures. And we're going to look at Moses here in a second. So, but we've got to understand, this comes by way of us seeking after God's word. Seeking after God diligently. If we're going to say, we're, I mean, I just want a closeness with God. I want to get more in love with God. I want more intimacy with God. What we're saying is, and what, or really the way to do that is through the word of God. We access God through his word. We don't access God outside of His Word. God's not outside. God is the living Word. So if we want closeness to God, if we want to grow, we want to see the bigness of God manifested in our lives in a bigger way, then we access that through the Word of God. And the more we're in it, and the more we depend upon it, the more we rely upon it, the more we respond to it and act accordingly to it, then he says right here in verse 6, then those that believe, those that act and seek God diligently, says right there that he is the rewarder to them. 
He brings forth his favor. It brings forth his blessings. It manifests God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives to do great things in us and through us. So think back to the cross. You need to go back to that, that garbage dump there in Jerusalem where Christ was crucified, you know, where he became, or, you know, crucified as the Savior who became his own creation to save us. He became his own creation to save us. And that which was separated or divorced from God by way of the cross was reunited and remarried in and through Christ. His redemptive work on the cross built that bridge, built that, you know, overcame that chasm that separated us in fellowship, in oneness, in eternal life with God. It's through Christ becoming his own creation and willfully dying on the cross. In this view is this supernatural being occurs. The, the, the superhero, so to speak, spiritually speaking. And it starts when we start to look at it, that aspect of who and what Christ is through the way, through the cross alone, it starts magnifying and we see the bigness of God. You know, I was talking to my sister today and, and it, so many things just, if I let my mind wander, I just get in awe and just frustrated in a sense because I can't grasp it all. But understanding the, the magnitude of Christ becoming creation is it, it, hard to fathom. You know, and, and, but he did. He did it willfully. And yet to do so, he had to become 100% human. And we know that because of what he endured in the Garden of Gethsemane, revealed his humanity. We know it in the wilderness when Satan was tempting him. Satan wasn't tempting God. He was tempting the humanity of God. It shows how much God in Christ reduced himself and yet still, still was supernatural. That though he was 100% human, he was still able to be 100% God and magnify himself. And so, I think of the, the you know the the movie Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, I think all, probably all of us have seen it. And, and you got Ashlyn, who's the the lion, who obviously represents Jesus. And you got the the uh, four children. But you got the the little girl. Uh, uh, I think her name was was it Lucy? Yeah, Lucy. And she kind of embodied what would be the faith of humans. And uh, you can see it throughout the movie. But she makes a statement uh, I'll never forget in the movie. Uh, she encounters, there's a situation, she's conversing with Aslan, and uh, she's talking to him, and she says, Aslan, you, you, you've gotten bigger. And Aslan says, no, no, my little one, you've gotten bigger. And the reference in the context of the movie there, what Aslan is referring to, and what C.S. Lewis is writing, is that she had grown up spiritually. Her faith had gotten to a point that she saw Aslan bigger then her siblings saw Aslan. And if you see the role that Lucy plays, she always saw the grandeur of Aslan. And she always was just in awe of how big he was. And, and to where the other three kids were, played their different roles, were kind of oblivious to it. They were caught up in their own relationships and their own struggles. But Lucy grasped the bigness of Aslan. She understood in that case, how big Christ was. 
And this, this is the reality of it. Just like Lucy, as we grow in Christ, that Holy Spirit then draws us in deeper. In a deeper relationship, a deeper knowing of Jesus. And the more we do that, the more we respond to the Word of God, the more we live according to that Word, what it does, then Christ starts being magnified in our life. And we start seeing Jesus in ways that we haven't grasped him before. Or maybe he has not been able to reveal himself before before our eyes because we've had a limited view of him. And so there's a direct relation, you know, proportionally speaking, between our dependence upon the Word of God, our, uh, you know, uh, relying dependence, but referring to and acting on the Word, Word of God to our vision of Christ. His supernatural ability, His power, His omnipotence, all these attributes, His characteristics of Him are limited based on how much we rely upon the Word of God. It hinders our what we see, which is a direct relation you know, to our faith. So the reality is, as we grow closer through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit draws us deeper into that relationship that magnifies Jesus and allows him to be revealed before our eyes. The, the encouraging aspect is we don't have to become a Billy Graham first. Somebody like a Billy Graham, they grew in what we see. And I, I, I think we could safely say if you had the opportunity to sit down with somebody such as him, he would have you know, just measurable points of growth in his spiritual life where God revealed himself bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it is a, oh, excuse me, it is a journey. But we know in Matthew 17, 20, I think it is, it tells us that with a grain, with a faith, the grain of a mustard seed. What we can do in Christ, which is meaning Christ is, if you'll just give me a little bit, if you'll give me a little bit of faith, if you'll respond in the littlest of way to my word, Christ says, I'll take that step of faith. I'll take that little bit of, of, of growth through my word, and I re will reveal myself to you in that step that you see me more. Does that make sense? So it's like, it, it, it's almost like a distant object, or like me looking at a TV, you have to sometimes get closer or farther away. But as you start getting closer, it starts things start to become clearer. So the more we walk in God's Word and we walk through God's Word with faith, I'm not talking about just reading God's Word. It's not just waking up, having a devotion, and saying amen, then live how we want to. It's taking that devotion, taking that Word of God, let the Holy Spirit anoint it in your life, and then when that is presented to us in our life, that we respond to the truth we know. And, and so it's kind of like when we pray for, uh, for patience or we pray for faith or we pray for whatever. God doesn't just give it to us. If we, want, if we pray for strength, God, I want more strength. Rest assured, God's going to put you in a situation that requires what? Strength. Because if he just gives it to us, we don't really obtain it. We, we obtain it when we learn to walk in it. You want, if you're praying for patience, God's going to give you opportunities to grow your patience. Oh, it's the same thing. God, I want faith. Well, he's going to 
direct you or we're directed through his word and then his word is going to reveal opportunities for us to respond to the truth and when we do so then we will gain faith and in the process when it says in verse 6 that he is the rewarder of those that seek him then God starts growing in our lives Christ is starting to be seen like we haven't seen him before so one is obviously we have to see the bigness of God through our faith two we have to see opportunity this is where we're going to look at Moses so let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and we'll jump down to verses 23 through 25 where we'll start looking at Moses it says by faith as all the other characters in the scriptures start off by faith when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, Moses, when he had come to his years and, you know, been grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, there's the key in there. He chose, it says. When he came to age, he refused to be called the Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So when it says here, he came to his years, he came to the knowledge, the meaning that Moses had grown, that he had seen through the Hebrew children, he had seen their God, understanding that he was a Hebrew child, he understood enough that he chose the opportunity that was before him by faith. He chose the God of gods. He chose the Hebrew God, the God, the one and only God. And so he made an opportunity. He chose in his opportunity presented to him by faith to respond and to forego being called the Pharaoh's son, which had unlimited privileges to say the least. He would have inherited the kingdom of Egypt eventually. Probably would have been a Pharaoh possible. Who knows? But he forgot and he forwent all of that. He took on the afflictions of the Hebrew children by faith so he chose that opportunity so it was by faith that moses who grown up refused to be called because he chose the opportunity presented to him if we're going to live by faith not only do we have to pursue the word of god in doing so we see the bigness of god but when the word of god and we start growing in faith and god starts presenting those opportunities before us to continue in our faith continue to reveal god in our lives then, like Moses, we got to be willing to choose those opportunities to grow. Or we step back. And when we step back and we refuse to move in faith, and then what we're going to do is just the opposite effect. Then we're going to lose the rewards to a degree of God. Then Christ, the bigness of God, is going to be diminished in our lives because it's going to be replaced by doubt and fear and uncertainties or selfish wants but moses was willing to forego all that he chose god through faith look on at verses 27 and uh, through 29 by faith he forsook egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible through faith he kept the passover and the sprinkling of the blood lest he be destroyed the firstborns that touched them 
By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying they uh, to do were drowned. So it shows that when he moved in that opportunity, not only did he see the bigness of God, he moved in that opportunity. And when he moved in that opportunity by faith, what did God start doing in his life? Did God start revealing himself in a powerful way? Did not the Passover pass over the firstborn children by the power of God? Was not the Red Sea parted by God? Did not they make it through the wilderness by God? And so when we act in faith in our opportunities, God then starts revealing and manifesting his power. So by faith, we see the bigness of God. As we grow then in that, God's going to present us with opportunities to choose in our faith what is right and continue to move and grow. And when we start doing that, then the power of God starts being revealed in and through our lives. Well, how can God do that with a Moses? How can he do it with a Joshua, with a David, with a Jeremiah, with a Elijah, Elisha? You can go on and on. Paul, the apostles. How did God move in such a great way through them? That must be amazing to be like those men. Well, over and over again, you look at the Hall of Faith chapter, all these characters, it says, by what? Faith. By faith. By faith, all these things worked out and revealed themselves through these spiritual characters in mighty ways. Billy Graham, back to Billy Graham, a modern-day prophet, so to speak. God worked through him in a powerful way. Why? Not because Billy Graham was perfect, but because Billy Graham lived by faith, grew in his faith, the bigness of God was manifested, the opportunities given, he moved in them, and the power of God worked through him, and thousands upon thousands or millions came to know Christ through this man that once he saw the bigness of God moved in the opportunities, the power of God moved through him. So it's that simple. So where does the power play in our, or come from? Mark, do you have Ephesians 3.20? I don't know if I gave that to you. Three twenty, please. There we go. Thank you. It says now to him that is able, him being God, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. So we also know where the power comes from. It comes from God. But that power is revealed when we seize the opportunities God gives us. And when we seize those opportunities, the more we do it, the more we walk in them, the more the power of God works through us, the bigger God grows in our life and the bigger our faith grows. It's a perpetual spiritual will that there's no end to it. There's no limit to our faith. There's no limit to how big God can be. We see people walking around. They're not pastors or, or any type of spiritual 
work, so to speak. But they walk around with tremendous faith. And you talk to them, and you just have a one-on-one conversation, and just talking to them, they will describe how big their God is in their life. And you're like, you get through, and you're like, Glenn DeLott was like that. You talk to Glenn DeLott, you spend 30 minutes with Glenn DeLott, and you're like, I don't even know if I'm saved <laughs> by the time you get through talking to her. Because she makes God so big. And you're like in awe. And she talks about how God's worked and miracles that God's worked through and, and salvations. And you're like, you're in awe. But here's a woman that, that in all of her hardships stayed in the Word of God. And not perfect. She'll tell you all of her flaws. But she, with the right heart, responds to the Word of God. And God has provided for her over and over and over again. And the powers work through her. And she has ministered to so many people. And when you talk to her, you're just in awe of how big Jesus is in her life. Because that's the way she sees Jesus. Why? Because she is drawn through his word. And she relies upon his word and depends upon his word. And she's obedient to his word where we put faith to action and then god's big opportunities explode and the power of god then is anointed in her life to do great things so question is tonight are you me are we seeing the bigness of jesus in our life don't need an answer that's between you and the lord can you say that you're seeing Jesus grow in your life? Are you, are you able to, can you say from this time last year, or maybe the first of this year, or maybe just six months ago, can you say Jesus has revealed, or I have seen, or revealed, same thing, Jesus in my life in a bigger way six months or a year ago? We want to be able to say yes to that. It doesn't mean in a, monumental way doesn't mean a miracle had to occur in your life can you say in your heart wow i this year relatively recent i have seen jesus reveal himself bigger in my life that's a big question we want to always ask ourselves because one it'll give us a spiritual pulse on where our faith is are we growing two what opportunities has God given you recently to work by, by faith? It may be a hardship. It may be a challenge. Has God put you in a position that you had to choose to stay faithful and obedient and, you know, stay in church, stay in his word, keep the right attitude? Again, it's not talking about that you endured it perfect. doesn't mean that, you know, you didn't have your hardships, but... Overall, did you hold to the opportunity and hold the course that God has for you? If you can say yes, well, then you're probably going to say yes that God showed himself in a big way, or unless you're still going through it. But you'll find if you hold that course, once you get through the storm and the clouds part, you'll say, ah, there's Jesus again, and he's bigger than he was than when I went in. So those should be in a direct correlation to each other. Three, have you choosing those opportunities to stay the course, been able to see God's power 
work through your life. Meaning the outcome. Did God reveal himself that when you thought the end was inevitable, your demise was inevitable, this is it, I'm done, I won't overcome this, that God revealed to you that, you know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine, and we'll keep on going. And I got an expected end for you. So if we can answer these three questions with yes, then take great reward in that, that God's working through you in a supernatural way, and your faith is growing. If one of these you're saying, man, one-on-one with God, I can't honestly say yes to that. Oh, that's okay. doesn't mean God doesn't love you, but you have a measuring point now of where you're at when it comes to living by faith. Do you know, is it, and then you narrow it down. Are you not in the Word of God enough to allow God to show himself bigger? Are you in the Word of God, but you're just struggling with being obedient to the Word of God? But you'll find now what you can work on, where you can apply your faith. But it's always going to start with the Word of God. Because without faith, and faith is always action-driven, it's impossible to please God. So if we want the rewarder to work through our lives, then one, we've got to start with the Word. By being obedient to the Word, God will begin to magnify Himself, and He's going to present you and me with opportunities. We respond, we choose like Moses, the right thing in those opportunities. Now we've activated the power of God, and we'll see Red Seas work in our lives. We'll see manna fall from heaven, shoes grow on our feet. We'll see such, you know, relatively speaking, you know what I'm saying. We'll see such miracles of the power of God working through our lives. And then before you know it, God's using you in a supernatural way to bless others i.e. a Billy Graham or somebody I love dearly, a Glenda Lott, and then you look back and, wow, God has used me, a knucklehead, (laughs) a failure in so many ways. God has used me to impact others for his kingdom by those three steps. Amen? Thoughts, comments? Yes, ma'am. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
so impressionable. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. So when, in the story of, of Moses, when he was discovered that, you know, Pharaoh's daughter found him, you know, gave him back to his actual mother to wean him and for raising those childbearing years. And, uh, oh, without a doubt, they, because it says when he came to years, he had been hearing about the God, you know, the Hebrew God. And, and so when he was able then to make that, you know, that choice that, uh, uh, which at such a young age, however old he was at that time, to make that decision and to choose that opportunity, you know, to go that direction. And then there's no reason to wonder why God worked the miracles through him and the nation of Israel just by that one decision, that one choice of that opportunity. And we know Moses' life wasn't perfect. He struggled through that and that whole process. But he still held to that original choice and that opportunity that God gave him. right yeah and so you still get back that opportunity of choice that god presents you with yeah so it's so deborah's spot on so as she was talking about that that abundance exceeding abundance it is going to the opportunities that are going to expand outside of your realm well i never thought that would occur i didn't know that, that would present itself Well, you just brought up a good point, and I'm sure you probably done as well. Somebody will call and say, will you pray for me? I said, sure. Can, can I ask what's going on, or you just want me to pray, pray in general? And they get specific. You know, if you will, I want you to you know, pray and ask, you know, I'm praying for this. And, and you know, I'll say, well, do you want to pray specific, or do you want to pray for God's, God's favor and God's wisdom? And so it's kind of like that. We will start praying specifics. To our limited mind, you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. You're, God works exceedingly abundantly in our life. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that, and so we limit God working in our lives a lot of time because of our lack of faith of what He can do in the situation. So, Amen. Does that make a little bit of sense? But it helps living in faith. Anytime you talk about faith, whatever you talk about, you're just scratching the surface. You're scratching the dust off the Bible because faith is so deep and so big. No, exactly. So, amen. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight, this opportunity to gather and, and just to walk through your word. 
and to see the illustrations we have of how faith works and reveals itself and the father that in doing so we can see you uh, the bigness and the uh, supernatural aspect of who and what you are and lord by way of that as we see that the opportunities that come our way that we can respond through that obedience and uh, it allows you to continue to grow in our lives but then also activates the power uh, that you offer us it's uh, you know exceedingly above anything we can imagine that uh, in doing so father then we can have a faith that works in a mighty way that can glorify you magnify and just add to your kingdom and father that we know that through that that you'll be the rewarder of our needs and guide us and direct us according to your perfect will we thank you for tonight be it those that couldn't be here those who are ailing that are sick ask for your comfort protection and healing upon them we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.